Hello and welcome to today's deeper look into Sunday's Bible scripture. I'm hoping that these videos are going to help you feel like you're more prepared for the sermon, that you have some of the background, um, and that will provide you a little bit deeper look into what we're going to talk about on Sunday morning. And when uh, the Sunday sermon has been preached, you can find the link to it below in the comment box, or you can uh, meet us on Sunday morning if you've watched this before uh, I preached the sermon on Sunday. This is the text for September 19, when we're going to be talking about the call of Abram and Sarai. <laughs> it's Genesis chapter 12. On Sunday, we're going to look at the first nine verses of chapter 12. But today I want to back up just a little bit because I want to talk about Abram and Sarah. Now, most of us know them as Abraham and Sarah, but at the beginning of this story, they're Abram and Sarai. And it's really normal in the Bible for names to be changed when there's been a life event. We hear it all the time. Jacob becomes uh, Israel. Paul becomes, Saul becomes Paul. Uh, Simon becomes Peter. It's, uh, it's one of the ways that they symbolize that your life has changed. I am now setting up my covenant with you, with your descendants. Your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham. As for your wife, she will be called Sarah. And in some uh, Christian traditions, when you are baptized, you get a baptismal name or often you get a christening name. If you're baptized as a baby, they used to call them christening names. And so it's one of the ways of symbolizing a big life change. Abram and Sarai have, are about to experience a big life change in this call story. But I wanna back up a little bit to what happens before we meet them in the text. We don't hear anything about Abraham until this moment, until chapter 12, except for a little mention in a genealogy that appears just before chapter 12. Now, a lot of people, when they read the Bible, like to skip the genealogies because they're boring, <laughs> right? So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so and such and such and such. And it's hard for us to see why are they there? Why are they important? What's the theology behind all these names? I'm never going to remember that so-and-so was so-and-so's grandmother. I can't remember my great-great-grandmother's first name most days. And so why are they there? And this is why they're there. We hear in chapter 11, this genealogy. These are Terah's descendants. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. Haran died while his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Abram and Nahor both married. Abraham's wife was Sarai, and Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran. Sarah was unable to have children. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, and his son Abraham's wife Sarai, his daughter-in-law. They left Ur of the Chaldeans for the land of Canaan, and arriving at Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Abram is the last of Noah's direct descendants, at least that we have tracked in the Bible. There's been nine generations. Abraham is the ninth generation from Noah. Shem's was Noah's son. Shem had a son who had a son who had a son. And they had other children, but this is the direct descendant line. This is following straight down from son to son to son to son. And Noah is the last of those sons. Abram is the last of those sons. And so Abram has a responsibility to his family to hold up the lineage, to, to honor Noah's 
blessings. Abram is the son of Terah, who has two other sons, Nahor and Haran. And we don't find out why, but he moves the family, Abraham's dad, from Ur towards Canaan. His goal is to get to the promised land eventually. But they end up in a place called Haran, and that is the same name as his brother. And so we don't really know if that's what the land was called before. Abram is the last. His brothers, his two brothers die. And Sarai doesn't have any children. And so we find them at the beginning of this story, at this call story, in a land that they don't belong to, in a country where they are not welcome, with just Abram and Sarai and Lot, his brother's son, and no children of their own. And it is out of this, this unrootedness that God calls Abram. And so it makes us wonder, it makes us think about, are we able, are we ready to respond to God's call when life is going good? When we're feeling settled, when we're feeling good about ourselves, when we are ready to rock, when we are moving and shaking and out into the world and everything's going great, do we hear God? Do we respond to God? Or do we need to be in a place of vulnerability? a place where we have no choice but to act. Or the other way that we can look at that is this. God calls people, God blesses people, even out of the midst of their brokenness. God doesn't wait for us to be in a good place. God doesn't only bless us when we've been good or when we are already being blessed. Or God doesn't reach out and call to us when we're already feeling good. God doesn't, in the depths of our despair, God's blessings come to us when we feel the most broken. And so blessings are not big houses, five cars, and all that. Blessings are really God's notice, special care for us. And we are blessed by being called into something new. God never blesses someone and leaves them where they were. And as we'll find out, Abraham is not the only one left. He continues his legacy and his blessing is bigger than he could have ever imagined. But right now in the story, Abram and Sarai are alone with their nephew Lot in a place that they don't know. And they're waiting for God to call them out of the darkness of that. Come back tomorrow to hear a little bit more of the story. God bless. There's a place I know for certain I will someday see when I lay down my burden.